Welcome to the Endless Possibilities of Creating, the show where you can learn and be inspired by the hosts and the guests through our creations of stories. I'm your host, Jillian Loren. I'll be speaking with Count Classy, who's a hip-hop artist. Hey, Count Classy, thank you for joining me on my show. Aw, uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. You're welcome. My first question for you is, what made you be into more of the hip-hop genre more than anyone out there? Oh, well, I actually grew up listening to a lot of rap and hip-hop, and over the time, we all know that the genre of hip-hop has been evolving and changing in its sounds, and I know that there was a lack of representation uh, within the queer community, so that was one of the things I wanted to focus on, was to wear that identity with pride and go into uh, hip-hop and rap, a genre that's predominantly been quite um, homophobic and, and it set up a lot of barriers for me to come and smashing them. So that's why I got into hip-hop and uh, I love it. It's true and dear to my heart. That's so awesome to hear. How long have you been in the music industry? Well, I've been actually behind the scenes ghostwriting. I do social media digital uh, management uh, and ghostwriting through there, as well as ghostwriting uh, lyrics and melodies for uh, labels and independent labels. And uh, I've been doing it since uh, about 2015, 2016. Um, I've I decided to come into the spotlight as Count Classy, though, quite recently in 2018, uh, released my first uh, music, my first couple singles in late 2019, and officially debuted, uh, debuted as an artist in 2020 during the pandemic, obviously the best year to come out as an artist, right? And so I've been in the game for uh, quite a little bit now, and uh, I've been in the spotlight now just for under two years. Oh, wow. I'm glad you came into the music industry. What is ghostwriting? Ghostwriting is uh, where you actually help out uh, artists and talents uh, write some of their lyrics, or you might come in and help them with their chorus. Uh, it could actually be the lyrics of the song itself, or a melody, or a really strong uh, hook that leads into the chorus, or um, anything of whatnot. So sometimes artists will... Uh, leave a certain section of their song that's unfinished and uh, they will shop around for different ghostwriters and there's actually like a, a, a book of lyrics that you can shop into um, that people can pull from and uh, ghostwriters don't get any recognition that's why they're a, are a ghostwriter um, so they don't get any uh, of their uh, credits writing the track but uh, you're able to feel pride knowing that you could have helped or that you did help uh, some Grammy-winning talent in my end, um, so that's pretty cool to to get into. Who have you done ghostwriting for? Well, that would defeat the purpose of being a ghostwriter. So unfortunately, um, before you work with uh, industry talent, you have to write NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, and that actually bars you from saying absolutely anything uh, to do with the topic itself. But I will say that I work closely with a lot of 80s and 90s acts, and um, that's pretty much all I can pretty much disclose at this point. Oh, wow. I didn't know that there's, like, an agreement for that, so I'm glad I learned something, and hopefully 
the listeners like will know that they learned something about that <laughs> it's very complex and there's a lot of uh lawyers that are itching to get involved <laughs> <laughs> where do you get your inspiration for creating music well, my first album, uh, my first musical project was called Seven Deadly Sins. And every single song, uh, there's seven tracks on the album. Every song is based off of a deadly sin. And I actually pulled from that um, folklore and um, to, to build this album and to build my music around that. But going forward, I love... Um, I love sophistication. I love royalty. I love um, smoking weed. Like that really helps uh, unlock the creative process. And it's just when you feel inspired. So it's not like there's a certain time where I block out in my agenda and say, I need to write music here and then, unless I'm ghostwriting and I have like, you know, commitments and deadlines. But if I'm writing for myself, it's when I feel inspired. Sometimes it's three o'clock in the morning, I'll wake up go to the bathroom and a really strong melody comes to my head and I'm like, I need to record that really quick before I forget about it. So it just comes and goes whenever the universe or the energy speaks to me. Can you play any instrument? Yes, so I can play the recorder. No, I'm just kidding. We all could. We all had to play the recorder yeah. back in school, but yeah, um, I actually play the piano. Um, that's where I first started learning about music theory and um, I play the trombone. And uh, that's pretty much it for now. And the triangle. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, the whole DMCA law came back recently out of nowhere. When someone uses a song that copyrights, which makes that law using copyright music illegal and someone can get banned or their content removed, even suspended with a small amount of time, they include it in the content with the platforms they use. What's your opinion with the DMCA coming back? It's important to have integrity when it comes to working with art and 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 it's important to give recognition to the original artist. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna use any part of their um, lyrics or melodies or whatnot, you always want to work with their teams, with your own team, and think of the best practice. I think art in itself is super subjective. So um, sometimes projects will sound alike, even though it's not intentional, especially if you're working with the same producer. I think that when we have laws like um, like that in place, it helps ensure that everyone gets their fair share of what they're entitled to because it is such a, such a subjective industry that it's very easy to, I would say, manipulate or uh, steal from. And, and, and you have to... Uh, know the proper ins and outs to, to do things accordingly. So for example, my song Dreams is a cover of the iconic song Dreams from Fleetwood Mac. Um, but the original song was a folklore rock, uh, sorry, a rock folk kind of uh, vibe, whereas my cover was a hip hop EDM vibe. But for me to release it on streaming platforms and to have my um, credits shown with Stevie Nicks, for example, who was the writer of the original song, I had to go through a third party agency and do the appropriate licensing uh, and get the approval. And then once they stamp your approval, you're able to promote it and upload it to the different streaming services. But you have to be careful because um, like you said, they'll pull down your music, you can get sued um, and, and it goes through the long rabbit hole of the legal process. So 
my uh, my thing is always try to do your due diligence and 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 work with everyone. Do you prefer listening to music that is only one genre or songs that are combined with a different genre? Definitely different genres. I'm not. Uh, when I listen to music just casually, it'll range from pop to um, like old school rock. I love mainstream rock songs, um, hip hop, rap, of course, EDM, dance. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of country, but I do love some country songs that are mainstream, made the charts. Um, for me, it's less of um, what kind of genre they are, because at the end of the day, it's all music. It's, it's however strong the melody is, however strong the lyrics are. Um, that the individual falls in love with. So uh, for me, I like to listen to all different kinds of genres because that's how you get inspired. If I only listen to rap and hip hop, I wouldn't be able to get that vocal riff that I was really inspired through Katy Perry's pop song that I want to integrate into like a rap hip hop kind of uh, setting and sound. So for me, listen to everything across the board and then I can make my decision whether I like it or not. A lot of artists are using samples from other songs and either make it their own style or have it similar to the samples they've used. Would you ever do a sample from someone else's song and what song would that be? Or do you prefer being original and having your own style? Well, I did a cover version. Uh, working with samples is really, really fun because you get to have a bit of a nostalgia factor in your new in your new music. And uh, as you hear right now, a lot of people are covering older older music, older songs, maybe taking the melody of a song that was from 1985 and reintroducing it in 2020 and adding their own rap lyrics to it. That's something that's really in right now as well. Um, what I work on different samples absolutely i think you know someone like kanye west he made his whole fame and career off of using samples and, and, and creating a new sound from it and that's what music's about right we learn from each other we take from each other we work together and we build art and we build culture together and i think it's important to not only use you know previous samples and bring a breath of light or breath of fresh air to an older song but it's also important in your own development in your songwriting skills and in, in, in creating new music because you can be inspired from all different ways. This episode is sponsored by Singrama. There are a number of vocal exercises that you can use to improve the tone and quality of your voice. Some of these exercises can even help you develop a much broader vocal range. Here are a few classics to get you started. Vocal exercises, warm-ups. Your vocal cords need to be warmed up before you sing. Warming up helps protect your pipes from injury, and it also helps you sing a lot better. To start, practice singing up and down the C chromatic scale a half step at a time. This will force you to hit lots of subtle notes and will give your voice a smoother quality. The yawning technique is another approach. Open your mouth and sing a note. Now, without pausing for breath, keep singing the note while you change the pitch. Think of the way your voice gets higher when you yawn. This exercise should have a similar effect. Use it to go from the bottom of your range to the very top. Try to spend at least 10 to 15 minutes warming up before you rehearse or perform. Vocal exercises, range. One popular exercise to help you increase your vocal range involves playing notes on an instrument and singing along with them until you can't sing any higher. With the help of a tuning device or a musical instrument, you can quickly identify your natural vocal range. Other range-expanding vocal exercises focus on building a strong middle voice, which is a voice that combines the chest and head voices. 
Practice singing across your natural vocal break. As you sing, pay attention to where each note vibrates in your throat. Chest voice notes will vibrate lower in your vocal cords. Head voice notes often vibrate at the back of your soft palate. Practice these notes until you can routinely produce them with good quality and voice control. Go a step higher each week until you can sing well above your natural range. Vocal exercises, pitch. Perfect pitch comes naturally to a rare few individuals. Most of us have to practice at it. Fortunately, there are vocal exercises that can help you improve your pitch. The easiest way is to play a note on an instrument or in a sound software program and sing that note as it plays. When you match the pitch perfectly, there will be a resonance that isn't present when you sing off pitch. You can also practice pitch with other vocalists. Try harmonizing with another singer or two, with one singer taking the higher notes, one taking middle notes, and one taking lower notes. When you're all on pitch, the result will be a resonating harmony. Vocal exercises, volume. Volume is another important part of vocals. Sometimes you will need to sing at a higher volume, especially if you sing opera or rock music, or if you sing with a band that plays loudly. Finding your natural volume is a lot like finding your natural range. Simply start out at a regular volume, singing in your speaking voice. Sing gradually louder until you can no longer sing comfortably. That is your natural volume range. You can increase your volume by identifying your diaphragm and using it to push out your voice as you sing. Exhale sharply. The muscle that tightens when you exhale is your diaphragm. These vocal exercises will help you identify and increase your natural range and volume and add power to your notes. Practice daily to develop the best tone possible. This article comes to you courtesy of Singurama, TTPCs, divided by divided by hop.clickbank.net slash and vendor equals Singurama and tid equals Loring and type equals home. If you'd like to take your singing voice from ordinary to extraordinary, make a signature song all your own. Increase your vocal range, hit every note with professional precision and learn every nitty-gritty detail about auditions, singing in a band, harmonizing and more. Then check out the most comprehensive learn-to-sing system available. No matter if you are a beginner, intermediate, or advanced singer, Singurama can help you. Not only is it educational, it's really fun. Sing like a professional starting today. TTPCs divided by divided by hop.clickbank.net slash and vendor equals Singurama, and tid equals Loring, and type equals home. With COVID around, is there any disadvantages creating music, or is it mostly with venues? With COVID around, it changed It changed everything the artists and, and the entertainment industry had to do. I mean, um, with, with creating music, no, because I have been able to go into the studio, obviously with COVID precautions in place, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, I was able to host, you know, parties and entourage and have listen, um, have my uh, friends and fans come in to listen to uh, the recording of the of the tracks. But now it's just myself and the engineer, no one else. So uh, that does kind of change the essence and the vibe and the experience of it all. But um, venues, Ixne, I had to cancel a huge concert was which was um downtown toronto in support of sick kids hospital not canceled but i guess postponed until we were able to kind of figure out what we can do and publicly with everyone um but it, it's changed the way an artist was able to interact with fans and that's the number one thing right now everything's virtual and as you and i know it's so easy to continue scrolling and not pay the actual attention to the to the art itself as opposed to actually watching it live 
and watching the artist performing and building that connection with them. That's how you gain genuine grassroots level fans. And for me, I'm not able to perform in festivals and shows and opening acts and, and whatnot because everything got shut down with COVID. And now I have to figure out how am I going to develop and build a fan base in such a saturated market, which is social media, where everyone's vying for your attention. So it's a lot more difficult to launch as an artist now than even a year or two ago. Um, but it's, it, 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 it adds room to explore and pivot ways to develop new ideas and creative ideas to reach and interact with fans. For example, now I'm on cameo.com, which is um, uh, an app that you're able to get video shout outs and actually DM celebrities. And of course you have to pay for the DMs and for the shout outs, but you're able to interact with celebrities on a different way that you weren't able to before. So with cameo, I'm able to, I, I left you know a good handful of, of video messages, happy birthdays, things like that, where I get to hear from my fans saying, hey, I'm a huge fan. Can you do this for me? And that's something that you can't really get when you're just posting on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter and you're performing on a live to, you know, just a camera and there's no, you know, audience and energy being reciprocated and exchanged. So definitely COVID threw a wrench in the plans, but I'm here to navigate myself through it all. That's right. I agree. What made you choose the word Seven Deadly Sins as the name of your album? Well, uh, Seven Deadly Sins is based off the Seven Deadly Sins of Society. So um, my song, Buy It All, is based off of Greed. 2K4Y is based off of Pride. Uh, Good Vibes is based off of Sloth. Missing No Meals is based off of Gluttony. Uh, Man number two is based off of wrath. Volcano is based off of lust. And the life is based off of envy. So when I was creating and working on each of these songs with my producers, uh, writing the lyrics for it, I wanted to incorporate each kind of sin into the messaging and the music and kind of show how we glorify it in our pop culture and how we can create bangers off of each of these sins. So Seven Deadly Sins, I, I couldn't think of any uh, a more appropriate title for, for the album. Uh, it's a concept album. It's a concept piece. I'm not a big fan of producing albums. I'm more about producing singles because that's what people are more interested in than to listen to a full album. But because it was an artistic piece and, and a, an actual um, piece of art, you know, that I, I'm very proud of, I had to name it that. There was no other way. Wow, that's really unique. If an alternate universe of you were someone else listening to your songs or songs that you wrote for someone else, what would be your favorite song or would they be all equal for you? Wow, it's hard because it really depends on your mood. It depends on the vibe. It depends if I'm cruising. It depends if I am partying with friends. Um, but I think the, 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 the proudest song that I've written and the one that really resonates with me the most would probably be Good Vibes. And Good Vibes is a song off of Seven Deadly Sins. It features Canada's iconic rapper, Chocolaire. He was the first rapper to get signed, first Canadian rapper to be signed to an American label. Um, and it features him. He, he brought a, a great, great vibe to the, to the track. And the, the song itself is just about taking a moment to relax whether you smoke weed or not, it doesn't matter. Maybe you drink a nice bourbon or Chardonnay, or maybe you just want to take a, um, a nice soak in a bathtub and just relax, enjoy your life, 
enjoy everything that you have around you and be appreciative of everything that you have and, and, and go with the moment, be inspired. And that's what good vibes is all about. Pass the good vibes all around. Don't hog the good vibes, share it with your neighbors, your friends, your family, and build a more positive, inclusive future. Who's your favorite artist and how have they impacted in your life? My favorite artist. Wow. Uh, I have a, I have many different favorite artists. I think my favorite type of artist would be mainstream iconic pop icons, Michael Jackson, you know, Tina, uh, Tina Turner, uh, Whitney Houston, Madonna's, um, any, like anyone that can really just grab the attention of a whole arena and say all eyes on me no Britney Spears like like those are the, that that's who I aspire to build my career and build my artistry up to but I think hands down I would probably say I'd probably say uh Whitney Houston the, the voice it's a golden voice you know R.I.P. she died very very young and uh and she died before her time for sure and I think that um, Whitney had an element of like poise and regalness to her. She was a very classy woman um, outside of the whole Bobby Brown, you know, drugs fiasco. But generally, she was very classy. She was well liked in the industry. Um, she had a great network of, 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 of fans. And I think that um, her, her music, she worked with Clive a lot. Um, he was a, he's an amazing um, uh, producer and, and just amazing uh, executive. And uh, I think that she would she would be my number one. I think Whitney Houston, if she was still alive today, I would love to have created a, a track with her. Have you sung on before on stage with a big audience? And what did it feel like when you first started? I have never been able to perform live on stage yet as Count Classy because I premiered through the pandemic. So it's been all virtual shows so far. However, I've had, I've have, um, sang two groups of, you know, 500, a thousand people, uh, on stage live doing covers or whatnot. I was casted in many musicals years ago and, uh, there's nothing that replaces that feeling of, of performing in front of live people. When you get the uh, the applause at the end, there's a rush of um, achievement and pride that you get because you just delivered a stellar performance. And that energy, you can't match it. It's 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 like a a dopamine thing. Like it's just like it makes you feel so good, and it makes you feel like you're connected with the whole group that's there with you. And there's nothing that can replace that. No cameras, no live videos, nothing, nothing, nothing. So I'm excited to get back on stage, and I'm excited to actually perform my original music to people that have never heard it or have heard it, and can vibe with it and develop a beautiful relationship with them. How long does it take for you to create music from scratch to finish? It it varies. So Good Vibes, for example, I wrote in 45 minutes. Um, whereas uh, I would say like Man Number Two took me about a couple of months. I would shelve it until I felt inspired, until I got more lyrics that I wanted to write about or more experience I wanted to write about. And then I would continue working at it. And then I would change it around. And then I didn't like this. And then I would send it to the producer. And the producer, you know, didn't like the way the chorus came in. So he changed it to this. And then, you know, you got to really adapt and, and, and model yourself from that. But um, it, it really varies depending on how inspired you are. 
I know that when I go into the studio, I'm able to bang out a song in about, um, I would say about two hours, I would have a song that's recorded and just lightly engineered. Um, I would usually uh, schedule another section, another session to work with my engineer to kind of smooth it all out and make it uh, sound more uh, appropriate for a mass audience. But um, it, it really does change and it varies. And when I work with uh, other artists, it depends on how they inspire me. So when I work as a writer for, um, I can't disclose who, but they usually have a writing session where a bunch of writers actually come together and together you all create a song. And, and it really depends on how inspired each person is. Sometimes, you know, you might have five writers, but four of them, you know, really contribute to the song. One writer only contributed one sentence, but they still get the credit. And uh, it just changes changes on each project. Which era for the hip hop genre do you enjoy getting inspiration from? Are you like the more of the old school type, modern, or in between of both? Uh, I would definitely say I'm new. I'm new school. Um, I'm new age in my hip hop. So I like to um get inspiration from modern sounds new sounds uh drops hypes uh working with like edm trying new things that i have that i have never really heard of traditionally in hip-hop and in rap however i'm a huge fan of old school rap a lot of my networks are from the old school rap community uh industry uh it it, it depends it, it really depends on the on the on the song itself i'm writing some songs coming up I have a bit of an old school sound to it, so I'm inspired through that. But uh, I also have new sound, new new songs coming up, like uh, like Dreams I just released, and that's very new school sounding. Uh, the chorus itself was uh, inspired by the artistry of Billie Eilish, the fact that she uses multiple layers of her voice and her choruses to create this dreamlike sound, and which is something that I was really inspired uh, from, and I wanted to include in Dreams. And so uh, I, I think that it's important. It's important to recognize the old school and everything that they've developed and contributed to the industry. But it's also important to recognize the new school and everything that they're trying to build and create and change. And, and together, it's all just art. For any listeners out there that could be inspired by you or want to create music in general but are in doubt, what's your top advice that you can give? Uh, I think right now the the most important thing is to don't don't focus on the long run because you're gonna feel like you're never gonna achieve that goal. Break it up so that your goals are day to day or week week by week. Something that's completely manageable. Because uh, you know I wrote I wrote about this in Authority magazine. Um, one of the tips as, as a songwriter and as a young artist is to stop focusing on when am I going to get the Grammy? When am I going to work with, you know, Drake? When am I, you know, when am I going to get the millions of followers and the millions of dollars? It'll come if you, if you consistently uh, develop content and develop yourself. It'll come if you work and work and grind and network. However, take a moment look behind you and see everything you've accomplished so far. That is way more valuable than what you think you can accomplish in five years. So, you know, if you're a young artist and you're looking to write a new song and you're stuck and all you have is the chorus, be proud that you wrote the chorus because there's millions of people that have never written the chorus. 
You know what I'm saying? So be proud of the small things that you've achieved because all those small things, when you add them together, they equal the Grammy in the long run, the feature with Drake, the millions of fans and the millions of followers. You know, everyone has to start from somewhere. Where can listeners um, listen to your music? You can find me on every streaming platform there is, or you can just Google my name, Count with a C, Classy with a K. And you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Deezer, Tidal, YouTube, YouTube Music, Amazon, everything. If you can't find me on a certain platform, DM me so I can see why the hell not. And uh, yeah, just on the internet. You can totally find Count Classy. Just Google me and you'll see all my all my interviews. Uh, if you can find my website that has all my music listed on, list, uh, listed on it, you can purchase my album, which is exclusively signed by myself. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm located. Thank you again for being a guest on my podcast. I wish you the best with your music career and success with reaching the top of the mountain. Uh, thank you so much, Jillian, for having me. And I wish you the absolute best with everything you've done doing with this podcast. It's been such a great time. Oh, thank you so much.